Hi, I'm Bill Mitchell, host of When Dating Hurts. Two years ago, I launched my Dating Violence podcast. Back then, I knew very little about recording, editing, or uploading to a hosting platform. Frankly, I didn't know what a hosting platform meant. When recording episodes, I needed it to be easy for me and my guests. You see, I was capturing highly emotional personal stories, and I couldn't have guests fiddling around, clicking buttons, starting and stopping over and over again. I launched with Zencaster, and I stayed with them. The reason is, it's just so darn easy. And today's Zencaster lets you record with high-quality audio and video. You can edit and distribute, too, all in one place. No more bouncing around from one platform to another to create your podcast. So, if you're interested, go to Zencaster.com pricing and use my code, when dating hurts, all one word, and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. Isn't it time to tell your story? I'm Bill Mitchell, and this is When Dating Hurts, a podcast dedicated to my daughter, Kristen, and all women taken from us before their time by the epidemic known as dating violence. I will speak with authorities in domestic violence, law enforcement professionals, families of victims and survivors, and survivors themselves. So today I'd like to welcome Bianca, and we met through emails. She was very taken by my family's story, and she has a story that involves her daughter and her family and her daughter's friends at school. So without further ado, I want to welcome you, Bianca. Welcome to the When Dating Hurts podcast. Thank you. Maybe a good place for us to start is for you to tell us about your daughter Gracie's life before she ran into some abuse at school. So what did home life look like? Uh, siblings, friends, hobbies, sports, interests? So she, before she met this friend, uh, that would have been elementary school because they didn't meet until sixth grade. Okay. She was, she had a good group of friends, mostly girls. She is very artistic. She's very... um just kind of carefree. Sometimes I refer to her as my little butterfly in left field, just kind of nothing is that big of a deal, even things that should be. <laughs> Happy. She always noticed the pretty things in life. She's always the one to point out the sunset or the clouds or the, you know, bug or whatever. So, um That's great. That's nice. Very playful, very happy, but she's also my uh strong-willed one as far as she does things her way and you can't talk her out of that okay <laughs> so and then family life she has an older sister and then she has a younger brother and he we waited seven years between her and her brother so I think having him kind of rocked her world a little bit uh-huh. because she was uh, seven when he was born and then she wasn't the center of attention and I think she felt that. I think she didn't feel quite as loved in our family after he came along. Um, sure. Yeah, I know that happens. Yeah. She didn't understand that a baby needs more <laughs> attention than 
a seven, eight, nine-year-old. That definitely changed the dynamics a bit. That's definitely a hurdle. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So... So I would imagine in school, she had a lot of friends and did a lot of things. She's very social. So when 2020 hit, shut down and everything, that was extremely hard on her. She had the hardest of all my kids. Sure. She's really anchored at home, right? She likes to, she thrives with friends and being social. I don't know in your area, but did that shut her down for an entire school year or even more? How did that? No, just from March to the end of the school year. And then um, during the summer, things were weird. My husband and I kind of disagreed a little on how how cautious to be. He works in the healthcare field, so he wanted to be more cautious, which I understand. But then I was home with a kid that really, really needed to get out, so... It was a balance there. And probably the friend she had one of the most contact with was this friend. I think they probably got a little closer then because that one was one of her friends that she was able to see and talk to more during that time. So your daughter's name is Gracie. What was her friend's name? Liz. And they're the same age, same grade? Um, Same grade. I think Liz is probably a year older. I'm almost positive that she's a year older. Did they share a lot of the same interests, whether it was, it could have been the artistic part of it or any of those things? I mean, what, what, what do you think the attraction was between them? I think when they went from, so we have a number of elementary schools, and then they all go to the same junior high, which is sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And so okay. um, I think in sixth grade, Gracie's friend group kind of joined Liz's friend group. And so I don't know that there were necessarily similar interests, but they got to know each other that way. They do, they both love animals. There is that. And when you say animals, you mean dogs and cats or are we up to, all the way up to horses? And- oh, dogs, cats, turtles, <laughs> anything. Manageable, manageable pets. Yes, okay. Yes. So they go into seventh grade and I guess at that point, would, would she be 12? She was 12. And so this was the year after COVID. So now we're into the 2021 year. Yes. School year. Yes. So they're friends and that's going along. And I guess you thought that that was just fine, right? I mean, they're getting along and. She, we know, we knew that Liz came from a dysfunctional family. She was sometimes with her grandma, sometimes with her mom. She'd mentioned having like, I think she said her dad was in prison. She had nothing to do with him. Oh, my. Okay. So we knew there was like some dysfunction there. And so we never let Gracie go to her house. We weren't comfortable with that. I actually never even met the adults in her life, which I thought was weird. Like I wouldn't let my kid go to someone's house if I'd never met the adults. But the adults in her life had no problem with her coming to my house. Um, so I thought probably thought it was safer at your place. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to force a parent to meet me, but I did, that did seem odd to me. So, so we knew she didn't come from the best home life. And in a way, I think that attracted Gracie to being friends with her because she's always, you know, sees someone in need and wants to be there and wants to help. And she's very compassionate and loves helping the underdog. And, So I think that appealed to her a lot in that friendship. 
So like I said, we knew she came from dysfunction, but she seemed like a nice girl to us. She seemed like she treated Gracie well. There weren't concerns about how she was treating my daughter. When you first started to detect that there was something not right, what was going on? When did you first start to sense that things weren't as good as they could be? It wasn't gradual. (laughs) Um, We didn't know anything was wrong. Gracie kind of was, she didn't seem as happy as usual, but she's 12. So, you know, what's Mm preteen stuff Mm -hmm. and what's, it was just, nothing seemed out of the ordinary for her age. So one morning getting ready for school and she was on her phone a lot that morning. And so I just got a gut feeling that I needed to check her phone. Oh. And and my kids know that we will randomly check their phones. We don't do it sneakily. We just say, I need to look at your phone. Please give it to me right now. So I did that that morning. I asked for her phone. And as I'm looking at these messages from Liz, a lot of them were like, did you check your email? I sent you an email. What did you think about that email? All these text messages about emails. And I'm like, what is that about? Like, you don't even have an email account. And my older daughter said, well, she has a school email account. Uh-huh. And naively, I thought school email accounts were for teachers and staff to communicate with students. Sure. Homework or classes not yeah. happening or something. Yes. I know now that as long as you know how to spell the first and last name of the student, you have their email address. Uh-huh. So, and that anyone can email those. So it was her school email account that she was talking about. And so we had her go and get her Chromebook and bring it to us. And um, I asked for the password and she tried, she, she couldn't remember it. There were all sorts of excuses she gave. <laughs> and my husband finally just looked at her and he's like, you better get your mom on there right now. (laughs) I remember the heavy hand when I was growing up. So yes. Right. Yeah. So she got me on there and it would say like how many emails were in each conversation. And there were in the last month, over a hundred emails in this conversation between Gracie and Liz. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's busy. (laughs) Yeah. So I open it and the very first one It was from Liz to Gracie, and it was something along the lines of, well, maybe you're bisexual, and maybe you should date me, and we can figure this out, and your mom won't even know because I'm a girl, and we're friends. First of all, my kids aren't supposed to date until they're 16. Second of all, like, I think it's very inappropriate for a 12-year-old to be worried about their sexuality like they have Mm -hmm. enough things on their plate that is not something that needs to be decided then or explored then or anything like that and uh, and then the sneakiness of it I was like hmm I don't like that now when you're reading this email what's Gracie doing while you're reading this email I mean is she somewhere else and you're just doing your FBI work on or is she right there she was right there and when I opened that email she hugged me and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. When I opened that. So, oh, um. Gee, that's rough. She didn't feel good about what was going on either. 
you know. No, no, it was being put upon her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's rough. Yeah. I don't, it was weird. Like the rest of the world just went silent and dark. And I just told my husband, like, you have to take our son to school. I have stuff to deal with. And uh, so um, I told Gracie not to worry about going to school on time that morning. It wasn't going to happen. And mm. so I spent the next little bit reading through the emails. And I went, so I went back to the beginning to read through them. So you went uh, back to mean like first day of school, September kind of thing? No, the beginning of that conversation. So it oh, was from chain. about email yeah. chain. Yeah, yeah. So okay. so it was from about the beginning of that month. Okay. And and there were just I mean, red flag after red flag after red flag. And um and like I told you in the email I sent to you, like just a couple weeks before this all of this happened I had been listening to another podcast mm -hmm. and it was listing red flags of emotional abuse that I didn't even realize were abusive or or red flags at all so luckily I had all that information on board when I was reading through these emails it's interesting isn't it sometimes how these things come to you and me yeah. honestly yeah. It's like you got educated and then you discovered the problem Absolutely. and you're thinking, wow, I have kind of a running start at what's going on here. Yeah. Timing is everything. And it is. It's incredible how that falls into place yeah. at times. And yeah. Yeah. That was a huge blessing. Yes, it really was. You know, you read through lots and lots of emails. What other uh, little curveballs was, was Liz throwing at Gracie, would you say? There were a lot of little lies that she would tell her that to us as adults, it was obvious it was a lie. The one I can remember the most is she said, oh, and these emails were at like all hours of the night. So my daughter was really? also sneaking her Chromebook upstairs at night. Oh, man. Um, so you could see your response could be 2.15 a.m., you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It, which is just a whole nother level of control. You feel like you're just sinking into this thing. That's yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So one of the things she said is in an email, she's like, oh, I'm in the emergency room and my foot is broken and it hurts so bad. Don't worry. I'll still be at school tomorrow. Like the doctor said, I'm not going to need a cast or anything like that. So to make Gracie worry about her. And when we read that and I pointed it out to Gracie, I said, if her foot was broken, she's not going to not need anything for it. <laughs> you know, she's not going to come back to school and be walking. Not on just it. an aspirin. Yeah. Right. And a Band-Aid maybe. Gracie was like, but why would she lie about that? That doesn't make any sense. So it, like it just didn't occur to her. She just everything is wonderful. So it would not occur to her that someone who cared about her, yeah, would lie. Yeah. I mean, she's a trusting soul. Right. But once we pointed that out, she was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And there were a couple other things. When we pointed them out to Gracie, she started, I could see her being mad. And I'm the same way. If I find out you've lied to me, you're done. Like, I'm so ticked. Uh, so I saw that fight in her and I'm like, yes, be mad. Be mad at her. <laughs> wow. She was trying to isolate her. Liz was trying to isolate Gracie. She 
was telling her the school counselor just yells and yells when I go and talk to her. You should never go talk to her. It's awful. All she does is yell. She's so mean. Mm -hmm. So there's one support person out of there. Just to recap that thought, I mean, because that's a big one. But that's like, yeah, if you ever started to question what's going on here, don't go down that path because you're not yeah. going to like it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, gads. Well, she's probably not going to tell her parents about anything that she is wondering right. about. Counselor's out. Okay. Well, I guess then it's just you yeah. and me. I pure isolation. Yeah. She even started saying, "Don't, don't you think your dad is a little creepy?" Which my husband is not. He's the biggest teddy bear, sweetest man, and she's trying to get her to not want to have a relationship with her dad, which they have a wonderful relationship. Oh, yeah, that's really twisted. Mm -hmm. So I found out through the emails that my daughter had a boyfriend in the same grade. His name was Aiden. And Liz yes. decided that Gracie should break up with Aiden. So Liz went and did that for her. Oh, Gracie didn't know that. Gracie didn't want to break up with mm. Aiden. Liz did it in a way that Aiden and all his friends were very upset with uh, Gracie. And they were... Do you have a sense of what she did? I mean, what did she normally I do? Do you know? I don't know. It didn't have details on that. It oh. just said something like, I'm sorry they're so mad at you because of what I said. Oh, wow. She's, she set fire to a whole oh, group yeah. of people with that move. And then she says... That's horrible. Oh, but don't worry. I'll protect you because you're defenseless. Mm. So let me create this problem, and then I'm going to be your savior because I'm such a good friend. Um, some other stuff she did, she would, um, she liked Gracie to come to her locker before school every day, oh. which they had four periods together. First period was one of them, so they're going to see each other anyway. But she'd be like, come to my locker. Right. I want to see you at my locker tomorrow morning. Well, then it sounded like Gracie wasn't always doing that like Liz wanted. So then Liz started, I have something really important to tell you, but I'm only going to tell you if you come to my locker and it has to be before first period. Now, was that just because the locker is a meeting place or is there something in the locker? Is it just... Do you think she's just trying to get into her head from the start of the day? Sounds like I, that. I think she's just trying to control. Like, I want you at this place at this yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Let me direct you. Let me start your day off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to start with me. And there was yeah. Yeah. another thing she would do. She would send her um, a text or an email that would say something like, I heard something about you at school today, something you did, and I'm really upset with you. I'm just so mad right now. She'd wait at least two hours. She'd text her back, just kidding. Did I scare you? Oh, that's devious. <laughs> so sick. Like, so her emotions were just, and we have anxiety issues in our home without anyone's help. So then to have a friend just up and down and up and down and... Yeah, yeah, just manipulating your emotions All like over that. The place. That's and that's like a twelve or thirteen yeah. year old pulling yeah. these that was tricks and things. Yeah. Mind blowing. It's pretty pretty advanced I things, I would it. think. I cannot believe it. Now how did you find out about the texts with the, you know, I like having problems with you? Just kidding. How did you find did she just 
Did Gracie at that point just tell you about that? That wasn't in the emails too. No, that happened. So we found these emails on a Friday and that happened that weekend. And Gracie did show me then. They were brand new. Yeah. So I don't know if she'd done it in the past, but I remember that weekend Gracie said, look what she just yeah. sent me. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Oh, she's mm -hmm. working with you at and that point. And then a couple hours later, she goes, oh, now look what she sent me. And I'm just like, that's sick. Yeah, this is happening in real yeah. time. So yeah, that is. So Friday is officially the yes. day of the email yes. readings and uh, and the and the big uh, the big download on what's really yes. going on in school. Yes. And at this point, Liz was pretty much her only friend. There were other girls that oh, mm -hmm. because of all the isolation, she blew up and friendships and things. There were other girls like she got along with at school, but they didn't like hang out outside of school yes. or at lunch or anything like that. It was okay. her and mm. Liz. So my mind is just, what do we do? Because. Yeah, it's a lot to fix. This girl's 12 years old. Even if she doesn't want to be friends with yes. Liz anymore, you can't just go and say, okay, yes. I'm with these friends now or you know, so she would have had to be alone. I was also worried about this. I believe this girl has been violent, physically violent in the past with other kids. It's hard to know what I know about her, if it's truth or if it's lies she's told. So I don't know for sure. But I felt like, and knowing what I know about abuse, I felt like if Gracie stays in town and wants nothing to do with Liz, will it get physical? There's a good chance it might. Coercion to come back into the fold. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That was a concern. I also didn't want her to just, okay, well, now I have to keep my friendship secret. Yes. You know, so I didn't want her to rebel against us if we were like, you can't be friends with her because that doesn't work well with tweens. Yeah, and she just takes it undercover. Yes. So that's a dilemma. What'd you do? So I did laundry. <laughs> and uh did you did you clean the house? I did some mad cleaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it sounds familiar. Yeah. I've seen this. And the thought came to me, what if she went to live with my parents? And um where are they located versus where you are? Depending on time of year and weather, <laughs> they're a couple hours away. But in the winter, it's three and a half hours. Is that in a whole different state? Or is that? Same state. There's just a mountain between us. The town that I live in is about 17,000. And the town that my parents live in is about 3,200. So it's just a tiny little town. <laughs> And but I mean, we're talking goodbye school, everything. I mean, she's she's going to be yeah, goodbye life. <laughs> I mean, she could be anywhere, you know. I mean, it's all yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's this, this is witness protection territory. And it felt it felt like an option, but it felt like an overreaction. Oh, I can see that. So later that day, my husband comes home from work, and I said, "What if we sent her to live with my parents?" And he said, I had that same thought today. And for us in our relationship, 
we have a very strong faith and a lot of times our prayers are answered when we each have the same thought separately and we come together and we find out, oh, you had that exact same thought as well. Yeah, I could see that. So that was like, oh, shoot, this might actually be what we have to do. My goodness. Okay. And homeschooling was not an option. A lot of people brought that up after all this. COVID showed us that for Gracie and I, we should not be home alone trying to do school together. No, it would not be good for either of us. The relationship was not going to improve. No. I decided to call and talk to uh, my therapist to get his advice because he's always, he's very level-headed. He always has good advice. He knows our family dynamic and all that. And so I was telling him what was going on and I wasn't using Liz's name. At that point, I felt like this is a kid. I can't gossip about a kid. I like, I felt protective of the fact that she was a minor. Yes. I wasn't using her name or anything. Told him everything going on. Told him what we were concerned about. Talked about some different options. I told him about, well, I'm thinking about moving her to Franklin where my parents live. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to overreact. Like, is that too extreme? And he said, well, you know, I don't think it's too extreme. It's definitely an option. Could talk to her about it. See what she thinks. So then at the end of my conversation with him, I said, for some reason, I said the girl's name, first and last name. Mm -hmm. Ben, my counselor, his his voice changed dramatically. He was nervous. He was stumbling over his words. He it was like he wanted to say something but didn't know how. He couldn't say it. I just felt like my blood ran cold. And I just I said I think Franklin is the right decision. And he said, yes, get her out now. He really did know something, something about her. I mean, it's apparent. And later, I really, I hadn't made this connection, but his wife works in the junior high, works there. And so... Same school. Yes. Uh, so he got very close to a line, but he didn't cross any lines. I don't know what he knows. I don't know how he knows it. But he was scared. That's amazing. That is really dramatic stuff. I'm glad I have that moment because, you know, when the dust settles and you look back and you're like, did we overreact? Was that really the right decision? And I think of that phone call and the way it made me feel comes back to me every time. I'm like, yep, we did the right thing. We had to get her out. That's a case where you, it's interesting as the story progresses. I think most people would say, yeah, you're probably overreacting. Maybe it would be good to work your way through this until that one piece of information came through to somebody who had prior knowledge. And at that point, it's like alarm bells are going off in his head and he just agrees with you. And it's like, yep, get her out of here. Bail, you know, bail out of this thing. Go, go, go now. Don't stick around. And he has never told me like, yes, that's the decision you should make. He's all about like, here's the options. How do you feel? What do you think? And there was none of that there at that point. Yeah, that's kind of what happens. So that, I believe that was Saturday morning that I had that phone call with him. My husband was in the room during the phone call and I think he saw just the blood drain from my face. And when I got off and I told him and he's like, yeah, that's what we need to do. Start packing. 
we had Gracie come in and we were talking to her about it. Somehow, she believes that it was her idea to move to Franklin, which hallelujah. Like (laughs) if it's it's her idea instead of ours, even better because. Yeah. Yeah. You can have all the credit. She was going to go either way. I don't know why I said it was my idea. It was your idea. Yeah, it was her idea. (laughs) Way to go. You're a smart little girl. Oh, but before that, so I called my mom. My mom did not know anything. Like she didn't know anything was going on. She didn't know we were scared, worried, whatever. uh, Called my mom. I said, and I was crying. And I said, if Gracie needs to come live with you, can she? And my mom said, absolutely. Said okay, good, and hung up. And I didn't realize until talking to other people what a gift that is that we had that option, and that yes. that we have people in our family that we had a safe place for her to go, and we had people willing to take her in no matter what. They didn't even know why, and <laughs> they were willing. So, gee, when did you tell uh, your parents what the the backstory was? Probably later that day after we had gotten Gracie to agree to go. Got her on board. Yes. Yeah. So we're really talking the middle of the 2020-21 school year. It was 2021. It was the spring semester of 21. So she really had, let's call it two-thirds of a school year with this Liz person in her life. Yes. And then she, she rolled out of there. So... We're really talking about two years ago, she went to her grandparents. Yes. Would that be right? Yes. Now she's still there going to school in that area? Yes. She still yes. is. Wow. She, is. she will graduate there. Okay. There wasn't really a long-term plan when we made the decision. We were, you know, you're just in survival mode, like get out of this right. situation. Sure. Oh, boy. And how often could you even see her being so far away? I mean, this could be like twice a month if you're lucky. Yeah. Was that about right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At first, um, yeah, it's tough. we tried to make it weekly. And, and I was able to go and see her most yes. weeks. But like her dad, my husband, he couldn't see her for like, sometimes it was only once yes. a month. Yeah, that's really hard. Because of work and stuff. And that was Could you do hard. Zoom meetings? Did you... T- resort to those type of things or FaceTime or whatever you could do? We do that more now than we did. Did you ever get the impression even once, I'm going to anticipate what your answer is going to be, but once she went to the grandparents' house, I would anticipate that Liz was going to let that be the end of it. Am I guessing it correctly or correctly? Well, so let's let's go back to before she left. So Saturday we decided you're going to go live with your grandparents. Yes. She really, really wanted to go to school on Monday to say goodbye to people. Okay, I can see that. I didn't want her to. <laughs> I can see that too. But we talked about it. She said, I'm not going to tell Liz why. I'm not going to act mad at her. I'm going to pretend things are fine. I'm not telling anyone why I'm leaving. I'm just telling them I'm going to go live with my grandparents because of stuff. That's what she said. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a good explanation for a 12 or 13 yeah, year old. Stuff. It's, just, it's a stuff thing. 
Yeah, That's just come on. Stuff. So I, I said, okay, but we made a plan. Like, if you don't feel safe, if anything happens, don't be alone with her. Like, all this uh, is sure. a hard day. Yeah, you're for wondering. Me. She came home and it went good saying goodbye to everybody. And she said she just kind of tried to act normal with Liz, but didn't give her any information or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, then that day, one of the ways that Liz would sometimes communicate was through Facebook Messenger with me. With you. With you? Because, so, (laughs) I know. Okay. So, she always, like, was switching phone numbers or didn't have a phone or, and I just assumed it was, like, a money thing, like, they can't afford for her to have a phone this month or I, I didn't know when she didn't have a phone, she would sometimes get on Facebook messenger and say, Hey, can I chat with Becca uh, for a little bit? And I didn't see a problem with that. It was on my account. I could see the whole conversation and it would usually be like, Hey, do you want to go meet at the park or something? Gracie came home from school after saying goodbye to everyone And Liz messages me on Facebook and she says, hey, I'm so sad that Gracie's moving and I really want to come and tell her goodbye just for like 10 minutes. Can I come over after school tomorrow and tell her goodbye? I got on and I said, no, I looked through all the emails you've been sending to my daughter. You've been very manipulative, very emotionally abusive, and I don't want you to contact her ever again. Go mom. Go mom, go. (laughs) Do you want to guess the response? (laughs) I would say it was what you would call non-positive. Her response was, okay. Whoa. Never heard from her again. She was busted. That's why she wrote that. (laughs) She was busted and she knew. Like, wow, they figured and me that, out. And that, I was like. Yeah, guilty as charged. I felt, I felt so much less protective of that child after that. I was like, oh, you know. you Okay, you know. You know you are bad news. Because up until then, part of me felt like she comes from dysfunction. She doesn't know better. She give, I was mad. But I was giving her grace. Yes, yes you were. You and were trying to take the high road, and, and you were. I was wow. done. Wow. I, I mean, was she done. just realized that that, that ran out, and now I got to go prey upon somebody else. Move on to the next one. Yeah, that's how it works. She's accomplished. And your daughter was by far not the first, but go ahead. There was one girl that, I don't know that she was part of the friend group, but acquaintances with them, and Gracie was really worried about her. She said, Mom, if I leave, she's going to do it to this other girl. And I said, I know her mom. I'll talk to her mom. And so I did. The mom was very like, okay. We got it. We got it. Yeah, we know what to do now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is just alarm bells upon alarm bells. It's interesting that. Yeah. The fact that she's separated from you now is not a very happy thing at all. But this struck your house on a Friday, and within days, she's at least out of danger. And that's that's great. But, yeah, gee, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's it's just about impossible for you to keep track of her relationships with other kids now, though. Of course, correct, correct. So that's that's got to make you, you know, feel a bit bad. You've lost that. The counselor she sees in Franklin, 
is actually someone who I went to school with. Oh, that's fortunate. She doesn't give me details on things because Gracie needs a safe place to talk and I don't need to know what's being spoken about. But she does tell me things like, I see her friend group and she's got some good friends. Oh, how about that? She's making good friend decisions. So yeah, so that's been really good. We have a lot of family in that town where she's at now. They so they know the people and the families and the everybody kind of knows everybody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so oh, that's good. We're able to keep an eye on things that way. My parents' house is like Disneyland for her. And so she brings friends out all the time and they have their movie parties and all that, but she spends most of her social time with friends at the house. Oh, good. Oh, that's wonderful. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and you're pretty sure your parents are keeping an eye on things. Is it, is your mother and father or just mom? Yeah, both my parents. It's interesting because my mom was a stay-at-home mom for when I was growing okay. up and my dad worked full-time. Yes. Now my dad is retired and mom works full time. And so dad is doing all the stay at home parent stuff. And he uh, will text me, I got to take her to the dentist today. And it was so fun. (laughs) I'd like to know how he. I don't like taking kids to the dentist. He needs to write a book about that. They keep an eye on things. They sometimes check her phone. Usually it's me or my husband when we see her, which is. It's weird to have PTSD about checking text messages. I know. (laughs) But I hate looking at that phone. I hate having to look at it. It's been good. She's very headstrong in the friendships she has now, sometimes almost too much. Mm -hmm. But then I think of the alternative and I'm like. Yeah, it's so much better. When you think back to the red flags that you heard about on that podcast before any of this went down. What red flags come to mind when you think back? I know it's been a while. It's been a couple of years, but, you know, for the benefit of people listening Um, to this, which ones can you say really stayed with you and really rang true and really applied here? The lying to gain sympathy was a big one I'd never heard of. I don't know. I hear people lying and I'm like, well, that's just stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) why are they lying? But adding to that, the reason for the lie is to get sympathy from someone and the manipulation in that, that was a big one I would not have recognized. I would have just seen it and been like, well, that's dumb that she's lying, Uh whatever, and Uh moved on. And then the trying to scare her, the whole like, oh, I heard something bad. I'm really mad. And then later, like, just kidding. Did I scare you? Like just playing with those emotions and trying to control someone's emotions like that. When you think back about, when you think about abuse or you think about bullies, if I didn't have any idea what abuse was, how would you define it based upon your experience? Not a textbook answer, but your answer. I think it comes on slowly. I think, I guess I get sensitive when people think we did this because she was being bullied. Because my kids have been bullied, and we give them tools on how to deal with that. That's part of life. You know, you have to learn to deal with those people. But abuse is so much sneakier, and it comes on more slowly. And a lot of times it's masked in 
this is a good friend. This is someone who loves me. This is my partner. It comes from someone who you trust and you love and and it comes on so slowly that you don't even realize you're in it. Sounds about right. And then I think when you when you realize you're in it, you don't know how to get out. Right. And if you're so isolated, you don't want to go to mom and dad. You're in this case afraid to go to the mm-hmm. counselor because she's going to be mean or angry or whatever she's going to yell at you or and yes. and your friend network has pretty much been chewed up. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of hope for better days with the person who is giving you all this strange behavior and but masquerading as your friend. So you said that you've talked with your kids about how to deal with bullies. What do you tell them? I guess it depends on the situation. There was Gracie actually had a bully. And so I just said, just agree with her when she says things to you and she says, you're terrible in PE. You shouldn't even be in here. Just agree with her. Be like, yeah, I really shouldn't. I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) And when the bully is staring at you and snickering with her friends and laughing, just stare back at her, see what happens. It worked magic. That girl left her alone. She didn't like being annoyed. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely takes the power away, doesn't it? To, uh, yeah, you know, they think they're going to attack you and they realize you want to attack come on in it's fine who cares yep. Yep. yeah you're right i'm terrible <laughs> who cares you know, i'm that I, i'm ugly too yep. i'm ugly <laughs> i have no sense of humor i'm horrible at sports i'm stupid yep. what else you got for me what else you got <laughs> that's good i'm so glad you arrived at a very safe place with this and uh, on the other hand the separation part is tough I would imagine you see her during the summer. Does she come to live with you in the summer or is she just pretty much 12 months a year right now? She comes sporadically. Being back in our hometown for longer than a week is pretty hard. She doesn't have friends here. She is social. So it's hard for her to leave this good group of friends she has and then come here. But she does want to spend time with us. And so we just have to find that balance of how long is too long for her. Right. We go there to visit when we can. That's harder just because my husband's job. But we get her for holidays. And, you know, it's kind of like a shared custody arrangement. But we have so much say in it, which is one of the things that makes it bearable. Sure. And like when my parents are having a hard time with something, they get our advice. So we all like co-parent together. So they really involve us as much as as they can. Is your daughter therefore maybe two years away from graduation from high school? Is, or am I, is my math off on that one? She just started her freshman year. Oh, okay. So she'll end up being there five and a half years. Oh. And that's the thing is when we moved her there, we didn't think permanent yes you know yeah you were trying to put out a fire yeah exactly and we thought maybe like when high school starts because there's a bigger option of friends and her older sister is a senior this year so she would have her sister Uh, there and but after being in franklin the changes we saw in her were it was night and day all of the best things about her are highlighted there is she still doing the artistic thing? So much more now. Yeah. Cause, so we have a small house. 
and there she has room to like have an art space and oh great there's a lot of they live on a ranch and so there's space outside for her she lives close to lots of family and so she's been spending time with family and loves that Oh, good. My cousin's little kids that come around a lot, she likes to make lunches for them. And kind of, she's like the mama duck. And she just, all the best <laughs> things about her are coming out. And she's so, oh. she's so loving when we're around her and stuff. There's, you know, raising a teenage daughter, there's a lot of angry, <laughs> ornery moments on both sides. We rarely have to do that. Yes, there are. <laughs> In lots of ways, we've gotten closer because of the distance. It has like strengthened our relationship, but it's not the way I would have chosen it. To have something like that appear in your life is, is just so alarming, and you don't know what to do. You haven't faced anything like that. You don't want to believe that somebody who who kind of presents herself as mm -hmm. a friend could be up to so much. and be accomplished at it for that matter. I mean, just seem to have all kinds of techniques and plans and actions and strategies on how to really get a, uh, you know, like a incarcerate your daughter in her own life. I mean, it's just incredible how somebody could get that far along. And that young, like that blew my mind, 12 and 13 years old, just. Right. And the part that's tough about it too, is this person's still around somewhere and probably has done a lot more of this. I mean, unless that person stops one day and says, wow, you know, I'm really up to some bad behavior right. and I need to get counseling and I don't want to, I don't want to be the person that I've been. Yeah. Most of the time people who do that continue. I mean, it's the percentage of people who are, who go into a predator mode. I mean, I've heard statistics. I've talked with a lot of yeah. people. It's you're lucky if 5% of them ever change. Yeah. They just continue down that path. And, and it's learned behavior. Right, right. That's a part that's hard to believe too, but it is learned. I mean, you're not born that way is what I'm saying. It is learned behavior. So she saw it somewhere at home or she saw it growing up with friends or somebody. And so, you know, and it, and it does, it is a way to get what you want for people who are into power and control, manipulating other people and watching it yeah. work and pulling fast ones on yeah. people and seeing that accomplish your goals you just keep doing it because you kind of get drunken with it you know it's you do it and they do what you want wow that worked pretty great she knew what lies she could tell gracie that gracie would believe and she right. knew what lies she could tell adults that adults might believe i mean she because mm. looking back at some things it was like oh that was probably a lie oh that was probably a lie but she knew. She knew how far to take it depending on who she was with. Right. I mean, that just that does blow your mind that somebody could be that far along, yeah. that young. And I never expected to find it in a friendship relationship, you know, like you would yes. in a dating relationship. But they're both intimate relationships. You get very close to your yes. friends. So Yes, of course. There's a lot of a lot of sharing of time and secrets and yeah feelings and all those things. And to find out later on that it was all just a big act mm -hmm. to accomplish something, God knows what, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Well, Bianca, unless you have something else to say, any other thing you want to leave us with or anything? I just, I have a lot of compassion for those of your guests who have shared their stories. It's, 
a lot harder and more nerve-wracking than <laughs> I had anticipated and some of those stories are so horrific and I just it makes me appreciate them even more for for sharing and yeah I'm glad you said that I have the utmost amount of respect to have people who are survivors of domestic violence or parents of people who are either survivors or victims and I mean I do not take this responsibility lightly at all I know what it's like to lose a child to this, but every time I talk with the next person who has experienced it in any possible way, I have complete empathy. I hear it very objectively, meaning I don't sit there and listen to it and like, well, okay, your daughter went through a hard time, but my daughter was murdered. You know, I don't listen to things that way. I don't right. feel that way at all. I really look at it like this is a current thing these people are living with, different from maybe what I have in some cases, but still it's it's a huge burden and once you're bitten by this monster it stays with you it'll change but it'll stay with you you know yeah. you can't just you can't forget what happened to you or happened to somebody you love yeah it's so great that people like you have reached out to me and asked if they could tell their stories and you like so many other ones tell it so well and so clearly so i appreciate you, you stopping your life and and honestly talking about something that's just so emotional so personal and saying it in such a candid, honest way. Thank you. I really appreciate this. So thank you for doing this today. Thank this you. This is great. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on. Absolutely. I'd like to thank my guests and my listening audience for their support. It is clear our listeners look for and play survivor episodes above all others. They get caught up between the forces of good and evil all the time pulling for the moment a victim becomes a survivor. I am open to other victims and survivors who want to join with me on the When Dating Hurts podcast. We can shine a bright light on the epidemic of dating and domestic violence. We can improve lives and save some innocent people from a lifetime of broken dreams. If you want to tell your victim or survivor story, please contact me at BillMitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. That's BillMitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com.